Hello, my friend, and welcome to Wisdom Trek. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your guide to wisdom and creating a living legacy. Thank you for joining us for our five-day-per-week wisdom and legacy-building podcast. This is day 866 of our trek, and it is Wisdom Wednesday. For the past several months on Wednesdays, we have been focusing on interpreting current events through biblical worldviews. To establish a biblical worldview, it is important that you also have a proper understanding of God's Word. Especially in our Western cultures, we do not fully understand the scriptures from the mindset and the cultures of the authors. In order to help all of us have a better understanding of God's Word, we are investing the next several months on Wednesdays reviewing a series of essays from one of today's most prominent Hebrew scholars, Dr. Michael S. Heiser. He has compiled all these essays into a book called, I Dare You Not to Bore Me with the Bible. We are broadcasting from the Big House in Marietta, Ohio. There is an old idiom which says, The devil is in the details, which means the details of a plan, while seeming insignificant, may contain hidden problems that threaten its overall feasibility. In today's essay, we want to look at an Old Testament Jewish holy day where literally there's a devil in the details. Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement described in Leviticus chapter 16, is a central element of the Jewish faith, even though it's not practiced today as it was in ancient times. Although many Christians have heard of the day, most of us would be startled to learn that there's a sinister figure that lurks within the shadows of Leviticus 16. The Day of Atonement ritual required a ram, a bull, and two goats. The ram was for a burnt offering intended to please God. The bull was taken from the herd and served as a sin offering for Aaron, the high priest, and his family. In this case, the sin offering restored the priest to a ritual purity, allowing him to occupy sacred space and be near to God's presence, which we reviewed last week. Curiously, though, two goats taken from the congregation were needed for a single sin offering for the people. Listen as I read Leviticus chapter 16, verses 3 through 5. When Aaron enters the sanctuary area, he must follow these instructions fully. He must bring a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He must put on a linen tunic and linen undergarments worn next to his body. He must tie the linen sash around his waist and put a linen turban on his head. These are sacred garments, so he must bathe himself in water before he puts them on. Aaron must take from the community of Israel two male goats for the sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. Elsewhere, the sin offering involved only one animal, such as in Leviticus chapter 4, verses 1-12. through 12. So why do we need two goats for the Day of Atonement? The high priest would cast lots over the two goats, with one chosen as a sacrifice for the Lord. The blood of that goat would purify the people. The second goat was not sacrificed or designated for the Lord. This goat, the one that symbolically carried the sins away from the camp of Israel into the wilderness, was for Azazel. Leviticus chapter 16 verses 8 through 10 reads, He is to cast sacred lots to determine which goat is reserved for as an offering for the Lord and which will carry the sins of people into the wilderness of Azazel. Aaron will present as a sin offering the goat chosen by lot for the Lord. The other goat, the scapegoat chosen by lot to be sent away, will be kept alive, standing before the Lord. When it is sent away to Azazel in the wilderness, the people will be purified and made right with the Lord. The Hebrew term Azazel occurs four times in Leviticus chapter 16, but nowhere else in the Bible. Many translations prefer to translate this term as a phrase, the goat that goes away. 
which is the same idea conveyed in this passage as the scapegoat. This passage also translates the word as a name, Azazel. The scapegoat option is possible, but since the phrase to Azazel parallels the phrase for Yahweh, which is translated for the Lord, the Hebrew language suggests that two divine figures are being contrasted by the two goats. A strong case can be made for translating the term for the name Azazel. Ancient Jewish texts showed that Azazel was understood as a demonic figure associated with the wilderness. The Mishnah, which was the first major written collection of the Jewish oral tradition known as the Oral Torah, it was also the first major work of rabbinic literature, and it records the goat of Azazel being led to the cliff and pushed over, ensuring that it would die and not return. This association of the wilderness with evil is also evident in the New Testament, as this was where Jesus met the devil in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, which tells us, Then Jesus was led away by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. Also in Leviticus chapter 17, verses 1 through 7, we learn that some of the Israelites have been accustomed to sacrificing offerings to goat demons. The Day of Atonement replaced this illegitimate practice. The second goat was not sent into the wilderness as a sacrifice to a foreign god or a demon. The act of sending the live goat out into the wilderness, which symbolically was unholy ground, was to send the sin of the people where they belonged into the demonic domain. With one goat sacrificed to bring purification and access to God, and one goat sent away to carry the people's sin into the demonic domain, this annual ritual reinforced the identity of the true God and His mercy and holiness. As we end our essay for today, here is a wisdom nugget that you can take home. When Jesus dies on the cross for all of humanity's sins, he is crucified outside the city, paralleling the sins of the people being cast into the wilderness via the goat of Azazel. Jesus dies once for all sinners, negating the need for this ritual again. Next Wisdom Wednesday, we will continue with Moses as we look at Dr. Heiser's next essay called Love Potion Numbers 5. I believe that you'll find this another interesting topic to consider as, as we build our biblical worldview. Tomorrow we will continue with a three-minute wisdom nugget that will provide you with a bit of cheer and to help you to lighten up and live a rich and satisfying life. So I encourage your friends and family to join us and then come along with us tomorrow for another day of Wisdom Trek, Creating a Legacy. If you'd like to listen to any of the past 865 treks or read the Daily Journal, they are all available at wisdom-trek.com. And I encourage you to subscribe to Apple Podcasts and Google Play so that each day's trek will be downloaded to you automatically. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, but most importantly, I am your friend. As I serve you through the Wisdom Trek Podcaster and Journal each day. As we take this life together, let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, learn continuously, let to others generously, lead with integrity, and then leave a living legacy each day. I am Guthrie Chamberlain reminding you to keep moving forward, enjoy your journey, and then create a great day every day. See you tomorrow.